Welcome to Dead Man's Hollow. This is an occasional podcast where listeners and hosts of Are We Doing This and related after-show podcasts and media efforts uh, venture into an industrial ruin. And it's kind of like Dungeons & Dragons, uh, but we're, we're on the internet. Uh, I'm Connor. I'm kind of running it. Uh, we got Flom and we got Penny. Uh, do you guys want to introduce yourselves a little bit? Aloha, I'm Penny. I have lots of problems. Uh, I'm Flom. I also have lots of problems, but Penny ain't one. Aw, thank you. That's very sweet. <laughs> yeah. How's that for a, how's that for a bio? It was pretty good. I liked it. It is great for a bio. I loved it. <laughs> we got we got problems and they're not each other. Mm-hmm. I've talked to each of you guys kind of individually about what kind of characters you got going on. Uh, and Penny, you will be Penny Ithaca, uh, a cult detective, and paranormal investigator. Paranormal investigator. Right, right, right. I'm screwing up my own canonicity here. It's easy to remember because it's P-I-P-I. Right. Penny Ithaca, paranormal investigator. P-I-P-I. And Floam, you're uh, what, a Dr. Floam, a graduate student? A PhD sure. postdoc? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's my, that's okay. my, yeah, close enough. What was I, I think I put in chat. Yeah, my my name. I will be Dusty Zylaria. Dusty Zylaria, cool. Cool grad student. Dusty Zylaria, cool grad student. Uh, is there a particular university that you attend, or are, are you just uh, an unnamed university in this mysterious America? I I expect I'm uh, at an unnamed university in Dead Man's Hollow somewhere or thereabouts. Oh, um, yeah. Well, uh, it, it's in uh, it's in upstate New York. Um, cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's in upstate New York, and it's not Cornell. It's a land grant university that's not Cornell. It's very much like Cornell, but it's not Cornell. It's like Cornell, but but not. <laughs> it might have not like an ancient botany building that was built in like the Victorian era of the campus, and it's super beautiful and looks like an overgrown greenhouse, but it's not Cornell. Correct. It might be just outside of Ithaca, New York, but it's not Cornell. I'm picking up what you're throwing down. It sounds great. Cool. All right. And this is where Dusty goes. Uh, uh, this is where Dusty's got a job uh, researching trees. Penny, Penny Ithaca, paranormal investigator. That's me. Has received a letter. Uh, you are in your domicile, which is uh, an apartment in a cool city uh, somewhere in America, uh, from which you kind of monitor the pulse of the magical world in this country. Do you know what city that is? Yeah, let's do San Francisco. You are in kind of a six-story apartment building in San Francisco, uh, just north of Chinatown, kind of over the top of the hill. Uh, And uh, you've walked through the lobby of your building, and you've gotten a letter from Pittsburgh. This better not be more garbage from Hogwarts. (laughs) Straight in the trash. (laughs) Straight in the trash. All right. You throw the Pittsburgh letter straight in the no, trash. No. Uh, no. 
Oh, well, if you did, you would find the letter kind of on your counter anyway a couple hours from now. Yeah, of course. It's good you brought it with you. I assume you open the letter? Yeah. I use my pinky finger and I stick it in the side instead of along the top and open it from the side instead of the top. Wow. All right. Well, uh, the envelope is kind of a plain envelope, but the letter itself is not plain. Uh, it's on sort of light pink stationery. Uh, when you smell it, it smells a little bit like violets and a little bit like crushed up roses. Uh, and it's definitely got a lot of kind of botanical stuff going on. There's a handwritten letter, and it says, uh, Dear Miss Ithaca, my name is Miss Almira, and I am writing to you from I Look Over the Town of McKeesport, a town which has fallen on hard times. And Miss Ithaca, I've fallen on harder times. Thirty years ago, my boys disappeared, three of them, into Dead Man's Hollow. Isaac, Xavier, Jay, my adopted sons, they're gone. And just today, I sent them. I know that they're in the hollow. I am old, and I need you to go in my stead. I hear through the network of witches and wizards across the country that Penny Ithaca, paranormal investigator, is the woman to call. Please, take my case. Find my boys. It's been 30 years, but I know that they're waiting there in the hollow. Yours, Miss Elmira. Hmm. Three missing boys in... Dead Man's Hollow in Pennsylvania. Well, I guess I'll uh, take the case. I guess I'll take the case is how the chapter closes out, Dusty, as you close the latest Penny Ithaca novel uh, and look out at the campfire of the, the camp you've set up here in Dead Man's Hollow on your, uh, your field research for um, your university. Yep, I uh, lean back and stretch, accidentally knock over uh, several pieces of $50,000 equipment that I quickly check and make sure I haven't broken. Yeah, oh, lucky for you, the global navigation stuff is all still working and like your, your, your equipment has self-located correctly even though you knocked it over. Um, it's 2015, and you are a grad student, and you read uh, dime store fiction about paranormal investigators. Uh, your favorite one's Penny Ithaca, paranormal investigator. This is a good place to stop for tonight, I suppose. I wonder what that Penny Ithaca is going to be up to. I better, uh, better get up, get to, get to some field work. Yeah, what what brought you to the hollow, uh, Professor Dusty? Dr. Dusty? <laughs> I'm out uh, doing some uh, field research on the trees of uh, Dead Man's Hollow. They grow they grow a little differently. Uh, they don't they don't seem to grow quite straight up towards the sun or towards the sky like most other plants do. Oh, they do things a little bit different here. They do it it seems they do things a little different. The trees are a little bit, a little less straight and uh, a little a little less tall. And I'm out to 
uh, mark some trees and do some sort of advanced research before I come back to do uh, my thesis research. Cool. And you also get a nice chance to just kind of camp out in this uh, kind of uh, forest that is growing out of an industrial ruin. Um, right. Uh, chance to camp, chance to read. You going to jump back into the book? I can't, I can't help myself. Uh, the Penny Ithaca books are so uh, enthralling, you know. Got to get one more chapter in before I head out. They're page turners. All right, so I jump back into the book. Penny Ithaca, you awake on foreign shores. You're in the Penn McKee Hotel in McKeesport. Um, okay. Uh, the Penn McKee Hotel was a hotel that was built in the 1800s. It's uh, really fallen on hard times now. Uh, it's about 100 years old as a building, and it was um, a very grand hotel. It had 125 rooms. Uh, there were presidential debates that actually occurred in the hotel in its kind of like grand uh, restaurant and lobby and convention hall, convention hall uh, in the 40s. Uh, and since then, it's become a residence hotel. It's kind of fallen on hard times. And um, up on the top, top floor, the fifth story, uh, a whole bunch of the rooms have been converted into one big apartment. And Miss Elmira is there. And you were uh, given a guest room in Salmira's sort of like suite, and it is there that you've awoken on foreign shores. I guess I should get ready to uh, to go meet with her. So, right, right. You didn't get a chance to meet with her initially. Uh, her, um, uh, she, she has a, a, a local McKeesport resident, uh, Miss June, who works for her, uh, and. Um, uh, Miss June uh, kind of picked you up at the, uh, I guess, airport um, and brought you into town and then down to, to McKeesport here. Let's see. Uh, what do I have in my room? Uh, the Penn McKee Hotel is real. These are kind of the postcard photos of it. Um, this is the wrecked version of the nice room that you found yourself in. Didn't, didn't, didn't you say she's on the fifth floor? Yeah. There's only four floors. Are there only four floors? Oh, yeah. No, there's a fifth floor. It's like back a bit. It's just magic. She's got the she's got the penthouse. You can see it right behind the sign. Oh, I see it. It's You're right. Penn McKee Hotel. You're right. Yeah. That's... I mean, that might be like that might be fake. I might be making that up. I don't it's it, I don't care. It's, this just makes it more mysterious. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. As you look around, uh you see that her room uh, her rooms all have kind of like intense Victorian botanical wallpaper of the kind of swirly ovaries and ivy and plants within plants within plants. And is this a cornucopia or is it a little bit like a more risque than that kind of questions? Hmm, plants within plants. The couches that are around are deep lush green couches uh, in green leather. Uh, it seems like there's smoke in the air, but it might not really be tobacco. It's probably not marijuana either. It's like something between uh, patchouli and peyote, kind of undefinable. And though it's on the fifth floor and full of plant life, it's a very dark apartment. Miss June kind of bids you 
come back into a room that you haven't quite seen yet. Uh, it looks like it's it's Miss Elmira's bedroom. Um, she's in a bed, also green. Um, she has kind of machines around her uh, for oxygen and big tropical plants around her as well. Miss Ithaca, hello. Hi there. It's wonderful that you came here all the way out from San Francisco. Gay San Francisco. Oh, so <coughs> I used to know the nicest Chinese actor back in the 30s. Oh, he was such a lover. Ah, oh, San Francisco. Anyway, wonderful that you're here. You're going to find my boys. Um, yes. Uh, that's what I'm here for, and it's a pleasure to meet you. So let me tell you about Dead Man's Hollow. I I was born in McKeesport, you see, and and there was a, a clay pipe factory for years and years when I was a little girl, and it burned all oh, so terribly, and then the site was just a wreck for a long time, and the mills were still around, but Dead Man's Hollow was very empty, and, and the boys used to, they used to go and play there. They used to just run down the Yokogany, the banks of the Yokogany, and, and go into the hollow and play. And one day they just didn't come back. You know, and the police have been there a hundred times. I'm a white woman about town, or I was, and uh, constable after constable looked in the hollow. And, but I know they're there, Penny. I know that they're now. Please, go to them. Okay. Go um. to them if you would. How long, how long ago did you say this was? They disappeared in April of 1950. Hmm. Okay. It is now, like, May of 1980. Right. Um. I'm sure they're there. I can almost hear them. Same age, everything about them. Just, they're just lost. They've been lost for a long time, but it's not been any time at all, if you know what I mean. I do. Um. Is there, is there anyone in town um, who was part of the original investigation? Oh, I, hmm. Oh, it's been so long. I, Miss June, can you bring me my little black book? Not the recent little black book, but the one that I put up on the shelf all those years ago. Uh, the one with, hmm, it's mostly memories of boys, not so much boys. Miss June goes off to, to go get that black book. I will look through and I will see if I can make some phone calls. I assume you will be staying here at the 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 Penn McKee Hotel. Yes. Um. Yes, that's the plan. All right. Well, uh, you should go investigate and uh, report back your findings. Perhaps we'll have brunch tomorrow. You know they make a croque monsieur downstairs. Have you had such a thing? Croc, monsieur. Uh, <laughs> I do not know if I have had that or not, so I'm going to say no. <laughs> uh, no, ma'am, I haven't. It sounds uh, sounds like quite an experience. Oh, it will be. You'll experience the monsieur himself tomorrow, I'm sure. Ah, uh, well, uh, good night. Uh, go explore. Good day. I'm not quite sure. It's very dark in the apartment. Uh... Uh, you must go. I must stay. Uh, all right. I'll see you soon. The chapter ends. Another chapter begins. 
Penny, you've arrived in the hollow. It's like 11 a.m. You kind of left the Penn Hotel and just walked down the valley and passed a couple of industrial concerns and crossed over a bridge into Boston, Pennsylvania and walked back up the tracks and here's Dead Man's Hollow. Uh, it's a big industrial valley. Uh, there's a sort of light forest starting to grow up through it. It looks like it was maybe like more like a bunch of fields. Now it's starting to be a forest. Uh, what do you do? So, how many buildings are there? So, from where you are, you can see that there's the remains of a couple of sets of kilns. Uh, there's the burned out shell of what must have been a really big building. Uh, the, the sort of burned bits of it only go up maybe 12 feet now, but uh, by the amount, or just the sheer amount of kind of like wooden beams and stuff that have been piled up, uh, it must have been five or six stories. It must have been a giant factory building that burned. Uh, and that, that looks like that's that fire that, that Miss Almira mentioned from the late 20s. Uh, so that's seen almost 50 years of, of kind of uh, trees growing through it and things like that. Uh, and you can see the remains of a cable tramway that went from the factory building up to the kind of cliffs up to your left, uh, up to your right, sorry, up to your right. Uh, and you can see kind of the ruins of uh, some amount of, of industrial rail that's kind of coming off of the rail lines that you just walked up. Uh, one thing that you do see that seems sort of unusual and new is that uh, off on the far left of the valley, um, kind of against the cliff wall, uh, it looks like the railroad company has unloaded two or three shipping containers. Now, shipping containers are a pretty new technology for you. You would have just started to see them in, like, the early 70s in America for the most part. Uh, they were being used elsewhere, but you didn't really see kind of, like, regular container use on trains and trucks and, uh, and ships until pretty recently. Before that, you might have seen them in the ports uh, in San Francisco, but not really inland in America. Okay, so I have to decide whether I'm going to go see where that rail line, you said going up the hill, basically, on the right? So on the right, there's an old tram line that goes up, uh, basically, from where the, it, it's like a wreck. It's, I, I don't so, know that you'd be able to like use it, but it's basically cabling that goes from where the factory was so, up into the hillside where it's bolted. Uh, there is a giant sycamore tree growing uh, right below there. And that, um, out of all the stuff that you can see, the things that kind of pique your magical, uh, magical instincts uh, seem to be the, the shipping containers seem out of place and the sycamore tree seems very out of place. Okay, um, I'm going to wander over to these shipping containers first. So uh, you uh, approach the shipping containers. Uh, they're purple. There's three of them. Uh, and they're lined up uh, kind of next to each other so that all of their doors are next to each other. And then 
they're basically like storage units, three of them right next to each other, one, two, three. The doors are all close together for ease of access. Um, they're not kind of strung out in a long line. So three three boys and three shipping containers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so each one of them uh, is labeled NTI uh, on the side of it. Uh, and then each one of them has a longer container number, NTIU, and then a series of numbers. Uh, and we can write those down later because I have to generate those. I haven't actually gotten that far. I thought you were going to go for the tree. Uh. <laughs> I, thought you were, I thought you were leading me to the shipping container, so. Oh, oh whatever. Um, it, it, there's no railroading. It's an open game. You can go wherever you want. I know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, they're a rich purple color. There's three of them. Each of them is labeled NTI. All three of them are locked. They have, um, all containers have kind of uh, the front doors. Each of them has two sets of handles that swing, one of which is there to kind of like lock the thing and one of which is there to um, sort of like pre-lock it. And then there's a, a place to put a padlock uh, on those handles. Uh, so all three of them have padlocks through the little handle things. Uh, so they're basically being used, uh, as far as you can determine, as kind of like storage of some kind. I mean, they're like locked, but like you can't really. Are they like physically touching? How are they laid out? Like, so like they're side by side. Is there space between them? Yeah, it looks like it. it there, there's maybe like three or four inches of space between them. It looks like they were basically taken by some kind of heavy equipment, maybe a crane, maybe a crane that was actually on like the rail line itself, uh, because you can, there are train mounted cranes that let trains kind of self unload. Uh, but it looks like they were kind of carefully unloaded uh, from the train line nearby uh, by some kind of crane and just deposited right next to each other, right on the dirt. How are they locked? Uh, they're locked with padlocks. With padlocks. Okay. What kind? What um? What do the padlocks look like? Uh, they're just your standard old padlock, uh, kind of uh, regular manufacturer. Look like civilian padlocks. They're not the cheap kind, but they're not the, you know, I mean, they're not like a bank safe. I'm gonna take my hair down. And okay. Now I have two bobby pins. And. <gasps> Right, and they're not just regular bobby pins. They are uh, the bobby pins of Lachesis. Um, sure. You acquired them in an adventure known as uh, Penny Ithaca Saves New York. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the reader knows that, but you don't. So, so one of them's L-shaped in one dimension, and one of them's L-shaped in the other dimension. And, uh, and I right, and neither of those dimensions are dimensions visible to the regular human eye. Um, that's not what I was suggesting. I'm saying they're lockpicks. They're um, <laughs> so. magic lockpicks. Okay, if that makes this easier, then sure. Anyway, I go to town on one of these locks. Yeah. So the picks kind of uh, like phase through the dimensions of the lock that don't exist, and, and you're quite easily able to kind of mess with the tumblers by. Uh, touching them in a way they've never been touched before. Uh, and uh, That's what I'm known the... for. 
the locks fall open and uh, you are able to open uh, the first container. I guess let's call it the leftmost container. Cool. I kind of warm up a little and open this heavy door. All right. You uh, crank the handles up. You open the container door. You look in. And that's when Penny Ithaca found the body. What's it smell like? <laughs> oh, no. It, Dusty has finished a chapter. Okay, fair enough. Dusty. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Dusty, you still here? Um, I'm still here. Cool. So we, uh, what did I, I have to remember where we were. So we, um, I finished the chapter. You finished two chapters. He just blew through right. two chapters, which we summed up as what? like not very much audio, but whatever. What time of day is it? For you? Oh, yeah, it's for me. like late in the evening. Um, yeah, like this was your kind of pre-bed activity. You're going to be doing all your field stuff in the morning. Got it. Okay, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pack up for the night and go to sleep. All right. Um, well, uh, here at this research site that um, you're at, um, where'd you set up your your camp? Like, where are you sleeping? Uh, you know, I found a clearing uh, in between some trees, some sycamores, and maybe some uh, some ash and. Uh, I just sort of set up, uh, you know, my tent, and then I have some equipment laid out. Uh, I probably have uh, a balance and uh, a big GPS backpack, and um, that's probably the the extent of it. Actually, that you that would be larger equipment, and then uh, I've got my tent and uh, sleeping bag in this clearing next to a, a big sycamore tree. Cool. And uh, a little campfire. Yeah, and you got your Penny Ithaca books, and you got your Field Guide to North American Mushrooms and the American Audubon Society, and you've got a couple of other reference texts. Um, and you head to bed. Um, yeah, you have really sweet dreams about trees in space. Like, what if trees were growing without the need for gravity? in kind of like space that had oxygen. Tell me about those dreams. They are interesting botanical dreams. Trees with uh, flowers that don't seem to look like they belong on the trees. Uh, the, the tree trunks sort of have started to spiral because uh, without gravity, they, they actually can't tell which way's up or down, especially in space with, uh, without any light. And uh, I'm just, uh, I have a dream where I'm lying on my back as these trees spiral, spiral up over me. Uh, and I wake up sort of just as the trees are closing in around me as if they're going to uh, encase me. Yep. And as you wake up, Penny, when you open the shipping container, what you see is a little bit hard to understand, but it's pretty easy to describe. 
you see something that looks kind of like a doctor's office inside of a container. So there's a person on a medical chair, laying on their back, and there are shelves that look like they have expensive devices on them. Those shelves also have hundreds and hundreds of potted plants, and the person is not a person. The person that's on the chair is like a whole bunch of roots and vines kind of smashed together into like a very convincing idea of a person. Dusty, you wake up in the strange shipping container office. Uh, I want to look around. Well, there's a lady looking at you. Hello? Hello? Who are you? Where am I? Um... Well, it looks like you're in a shipping container, and I'm Penny Ithaca, paranormal investigator. That that can't be right, Penny Penny Ithaca, and I uh, I want to hold up. Do I have one of her books in my pocket still? Oh, uh, well, so you have kind of um, like a, a, a an Oxford shirt that is made out of. Uh, ornamental grasses which have been knitted together and you pull from your pocket a sort of a a shelf mushroom that has the sort of imprinted stamp of a book title on the cover of it show it to Miss Penny Ithaca and the title says Uh, Penny Ithaca Paranormal Investigator The Anthology Is this Is this you? Hmm well, I don't really know what's going on yet, but I guess we'll figure that out. I mean, are the stories true? If the stories are true, you'd be the person to be able to figure out why I'm here. Um, they're true to me. <laughs> I don't know what... I, sh- I should clarify. I, I've read all about your adventures. Um, well, or the adventures of a Penny Ithaca paranormal investigator. And, and Dusty is able to describe uh, a couple of incidents which you thought you were the only person who had knowledge of as the only survivor of them with some compelling accuracy. Uh, he claims that it's from the books, which he's been reading forever. And Miss Elmira, what happened? I never finished the Miss Elmira story. What happened? Hmm, well, I just met her for the first time today, so, um, so what happened is what's happening right now. This is all very suspicious. I agree. But let me say, it is an honor to meet you if you are the real Penny Ithaca. So, why are you made of trees? Wait, what? And I, uh sort of try and move and uh, some of the branches move so it certainly doesn't feel like uh, a human body moving and I uh, try and look around and realize that uh, I don't have uh, I don't have human eyes anymore right you're seeing but you're not seeing the way that human eyes saw you or looking uh, with an awareness of other creatures with an awareness of the flow of sort of uh, chemicals and information and water 
in and out of all of the objects around you because all of the objects around you are inherently alive. This is what you see as a tree creature. And uh, yeah, I can, so I can sort of, I feel the shipping container and I can sort of sense that Penny's there, but I, I uh, start to come to a realization that I am uh, no longer in a human body and uh, all my branches just start trembling a little bit. A couple, a couple leaves fall off. Um, and uh, I, I just say, uh, wait, I, I'm not a person anymore. I'm a tree. This is cool. Hey, hey it's, oh, oh, it's cool. Okay, well, that's good. Um, but you are a person. Trees are people, too. Some of my best friends are trees. Huh. Some of my best friends were trees, too. I guess are? Maybe I'm my best friend now? I'm, I don't know. Uh, could you, do you have, I'm real thirsty. Do you, can you water me? Um, can I? Uh, I look, I look around. Yeah, it looks like there's a couple of different, um, kind of like water storage containers that are inside of the shipping container. There, There's just like some, uh, I mean like, it's some kind of hydroponic facility. So yeah, there's like a big, uh, big water catchment that you can kind of draw from. And I guess some like beakers and stuff. There was some okay. science. Okay, I do some, uh, I do some watering. Yeah. Uh, well, so you're actually able to kind of hand uh, Dusty the tree uh, uh, the glass, and he can hold it in his tree hand and just sort of put his fingers in and draw the water directly through them. Do you want, yeah. do you want some foley? And, uh, Dusty the tree, I guess you kind of like sit up on your uh, like science chair. <gasps> nice foley. So yeah, I sit up a little, a little straighter in my science chair and uh, feel refreshed. Uh, some leaves kind of start to open up on the ends of uh, of my arms. Right, right, and those leaves are are uh, headed kind of towards the door because that's where the the light source is. Right, that's um, this is like the, the this is what they crave sunlight. Um. And you can see out the door, you can see out beyond the, like, you were you still in Dead Man's Hollow. You just, what, the sycamore you fell asleep next to is, like, much, much smaller than it was. Um, I would like to, can I, I want to stretch my branches out and try and sort of grow up the, uh, to the top of the sycamore so I can get a better sense of, of what's around me. Oh, you, you guys want to exit the container? Uh... Well, can I just can I grow grow my arms out of it, but not leave? Oh, uh, sure, yeah. Uh, you uh, kind of concentrate with your newfound uh, proprioception um, of being a plant, and kind of stretch your arms, uh, and stretch your hands, and stretch your fingers. Um, you can. Your arms grow to be kind of thin, tenderly kind of, not vines, but like uh, narrow trunks that are like quite snake-like uh, as they go up. And, and it seems that you can get about kind of 20 feet of, of arm, arm extension uh, up 
after maybe five minutes of like moving her body. And do I do I recognize? I mean, does it look familiar enough to me? Everything being younger, that this is where I went to sleep as a human. Yeah, yeah. It 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 looks like it's Dead Man's Hollow, but yeah, certainly like it's either kind of a younger forest than it was when you were there, or it like you've either gone back in time or you've gone way forward in time to like a complete cut it down and regrow it cycle. But yeah, you've definitely um it's still Dead Man's Hollow and it's still like the ash oak sycamore forest of the eastern woodlands but like it is not quite where you left it uh so i'm gonna turn to penny ithka and ask her what year it is penny what year is it it's uh 1980 no it it can't be 1980 i i wasn't born until 1995 well well, it was definitely 1980 when I left to come here. Right. Both of you guys roll some perception rolls. It was a d20. Uh, and I guess, yeah, I don't know. Penny, Penny. Well, yeah, uh, Dusty, h- how is Penny Ithaca Paranormal Investigator at perceiving her environment in the books? Uh, I mean, she is a paranormal investigator, so I I think her metric would be, like, if I were going to give her a modifier, it'd probably be, like, a plus four. She's good. Yeah, do I have a, do I have a character sheet or anything, or, or how does this work? Oh, no, no, uh, no, we just make stuff up, but, uh, Dusty, I was going to have you kind of assign a nominal perception bonus for Penny and Penny Vice Oh, yeah, I mean, Penny... The Penny Ithaca novels are uh, akin to a, a paranormal in Sherlock Holmes. So she picks up on the, the tiniest of details. Okay, so you should roll like with a plus seven, Penny. Okay, D20. well, I rolled a 19. Damn. Um. All right, well, without even needing Dusty's input, Penny, you were very easily able to see and, if you want, articulate but when you look out of the shipping container back at like the outside environment, um, it probably didn't happen while you were in the container, but it probably kind of did happen just kind of being in the hollow. The sky is no longer the sky. Um. It is palpably more transparent it looks out into a volume or a universe that is much larger than the celestial sphere we think we see. The sky is not the sky, remember. And, and Dusty, your doctorate tells you that the quality of light here is not right. Can I uh, perceive anything about the air? since I'm also pulling in CO2. Yeah, there is a certain quality to the air that feels empowering in the way that photosynthesis feels empowering, but in a totally different 
color. You feel suffused with life and energy. And Penny, you feel suffused with magic. This is Dead Man's Hollow. Sweet. 